You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay authenticity guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all. Jewelry that makes you feel like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. What a girl wants. A help I suck at dating spinoff and an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a special episode of What a Girl Wants, a little spinoff of Help I Suck at Dating. Your host today is me. I'm Sydney Latuaco. If you remember me, I was on Colton season of The Bachelor and season six of Paradise. And I recently found a relationship in quarantine, and it's been going successful. So because of that, I have so many questions for our incredible guest today, just about dating and the future of it and the ways to make post-quarantine, post-COVID, post-pandemic dating successful so that we can go into this new transition of life and dating successfully and hopefully find some good dates out there. So we have awesome guests on today. Two of them that we're going to do all of your listener questions and get all into the future of dating. Um, a little more on me. I was on The Bachelor, obviously. So it's a funny time in your life where you get to really know yourself. You get to maybe get to know The Bachelor really well. But because of all of that, you spend so much time just kind of by yourself thinking about your life and what you want. I got to really understand what I was looking for in dating. And I feel that a lot of us might have had a similar experience this past year with COVID. We were all stuck inside. We couldn't go do our normal activities. We couldn't date normally. So we were all maybe forced to think about our lives and what we were looking for. So I feel like a lot of people are kind of on that same page, whether you're in a relationship or not. Also, if you are in a relationship, a lot of relationships had to go through this whole quarantine dating and some of us living with our partners and trying to keep it fresh while being stuck inside, not being able to go on dates, not being able to travel or really try fun and exciting things. So I also want to get into like how we keep relationships fresh during and post quarantine, because I don't know about you guys, but I definitely feel I might have lost my ability to socialize a little bit. It's a little bit weird now. We're like, do we hug each other? Do we get close to each other? Do we go out? Is it safe? All of these questions that I have. So I'm definitely excited to get into all that. There was a big announcement today. Speaking of The Bachelor, um, Colton came out on on Good Morning America. So I just wanted to say that I'm sending him all my best and that I'm sure that was a very difficult decision and that he's been probably going through that for a while now. And I'm just hoping that with this announcement that he gets to live his truth, that he finds happiness and that good things are coming for him. Um, So Francesca Hoagie is in the waiting room. We're going to bring her in. She is a Bumble expert. So we have Lots to talk to her about the dating trends and all of her great info. So let's go ahead and bring Francesca in. Hi, Francesca. <laughs> nice to meet you. I'm nice Sydney. Nice to meet you too. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm excited to awesome. talk to you. Yes. So thanks so much for being here. Um, as a 
Bumble dating expert. What is your job description? What do you do? And can you give us a little insight into what you know about dating? Yes. So um, as a Bumble dating expert, I have the very, very great privilege of working with a Bumble team who is so incredible and so dedicated to really making sure that their community makes great matches and dates safely and um, is, you know, that has a really positive experience, not only on Bumble, but also throughout their dating experience and their relationships. So I am really happy to share with you some results that Bumble has of a survey that they've done because, you know, it's springtime, things are starting to open up and Bumble is seeing that singles are ready to date. So mm. right here in Los Angeles, where I know you're based as well, Sydney, right? Yes. Yes. I definitely spent my time dating in Los Angeles for sure. So. Right. Right. And you know what a difficult uh, dating market Los <laughs> Angeles can be, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Bumble is seeing some really, really promising trends. Um, we're seeing that 40 percent of Los Angeles singles are excited and ready to get back out there and start dating. Um, we are seeing that people are a lot of people are looking for serious relationships. There are also people who are looking for casual. There's always going to be that mix. Um, but in terms of the trends that we're seeing, you know, obviously during the pandemic, uh, virtual dating became really, really popular, right? Yes. Um, and Bumble actually introduced video chat and phone chat inside of the Bumble app in 2019. But then the pandemic hit, right? Mm. <laughs> and it skyrocketed in popularity. And that's one and that's one trend that Bumble predicts is going to continue because we see that actually most singles in Los Angeles prefer a virtual first date before they get to that in-person date. So mm -hmm. people know what they want <laughs> and they know how they want to date. So they're, they're ready to get out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big advocate of virtual dating. I actually found my relationship in quarantine and we started talking through FaceTime and we had never met before. We talked for three months and then didn't meet in person until after that. And then was very successful. I think I owe it mostly to be virtually dating because you get to really know someone. You don't have to go through like the normal dating things where you get dressed up and you show your best self. You're just kind of yourself and you get to really know the other person. So I definitely am a huge advocate for that as well. Yes. Do you, do you as, as you see that's very um, popular, do you recommend virtual dating and how do we go about that with this transition? Because I'm sure a lot of us are over Zooms, we're over being on camera all the time. We kind of just want to be in person, but I, I mean, I'm an advocate of it. How do you feel about continuing virtual dating into this new space? Yeah, no, that's a great question, Sydney. I think that virtual dating is a great idea. I say that as a coach and certainly at Bumble, <laughs> we definitely have tools to make that really easy for people to just get right on that first date because you can do that right in the app. You can get on video chat, you can get on phone so you don't have to share your information. And we also see that it's a really great complement to another trend that has emerged over 2020, which is slow dating. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, Sydney, you probably can relate to that, right? Yeah. When you were getting to know your boyfriend, it was slower than, mm -hmm. than dating would normally be, right? Um, yes. Right. So instead of just going like texting, like, hey, want to meet up? Now people are taking more time. So that is a trend. Like I said, that Bumble thing, Bumble sees is definitely going to continue into the spring. And it's definitely one that I recommend because that's mm -hmm. how you get to make those authentic connections and really know like, OK, now I'm excited. Now I'm really I know that this is someone that we're going to have a great connection when we meet IRL. I agree. And it's another way of staying safe. And it also because it is frustrating at times because the physical isn't there. But I think by removing the physical, by not being able to hug, by not being able to hold hands, by not being able to like have intimacy, that yeah. you can really get to know someone even more because you are you have to lean on your personality. You have to get to you have to get to those deeper questions. You have to really like get to know that person on the, on the other side of it. So I'm wondering then with like virtual dating and first dates and the beginning of dating, like what are the okay questions for us to be asking? Because last year I feel like everyone really got a lot more into the political space and just like with all the things that were happening in the world, I feel like that, that conversation is much more common. But before politics and all of that wasn't so like P PC for talking on dates. So what do you recommend then for at the beginning of dating stages, what's 
good to talk about and what should be like left for later? Yeah, Sydney, that's a great question. Well, one thing that Bumble has found in their survey is that there are a lot of singles who have COVID fatigue in terms of talking about COVID. So I know that that obviously this is something that is impacting everyone's lives so much. Um, and it's not that you want to completely avoid the subject because obviously it's going to be relevant to even just things like organizing the date. Um, however, definitely not going too far into that, maybe sharing something. Okay, well, this is what I've learned about myself, you know, during during this mm -hmm. time, or this is what I'm so excited to experience now that the world is opening up. So really making sure that whatever you're discussing, you're really bringing your own personal perspective and how you feel about it um, and how that impacts you, because you want to give people that insight into who you are and what and what it is that you care about. Um, also, you know, whatever your, whatever your passions are, right? What are the things that light you up? You know, we all love talking about the things that are really exciting to us, right? <laughs> um, oftentimes in dating, people can get into a mode where it's almost like an interview and you're mm -hmm. having these kind of very, you know, boring conversations and, oh, and work and school and, you know, and it's, and that's all fine, but you always want to remember you're here to see, can I make a real genuine connection with this person? Mm -hmm. And that's going to require you not just talking about your job, but talking about what do I love about my job? You know, a question that I always recommend people ask when they find themselves kind of stuck in that sort of boring work conversation is to ask someone, well, if you could do anything and get paid $10 million a year to do it, even if you only did it for one year, what would that be? Hmm. Because that starts to really open people up and then you can hear them dream and you start, they start to share what they're excited about. And that's where those great connections can really happen. So, you know, we definitely recommend, you know, Bumble gives so many tools for you to really express yourself. Um, there are things like profile badges and they're and they definitely increase your um, your match rate. So it's a conversation starter. Um, so definitely, you know, use those badges on your profile. <laughs> if you're on Bumble, bring that authenticity even into those early communications, because then once you actually are on the phone or on video or in person, you've already had some really meaningful conversation and then it's just going to flow so much easier. Totally. You mentioned the profile badges and the idea of a dating profile. What are some things that we should be considering? What's really popular right now on Bumble? Like, how do we make ourselves stand out in this virtual dating space? Yes. Well, definitely here in Los Angeles and nationwide as well. One of the most popular badges is the exercise badge. So if you are a person who values fitness, wellness, that's definitely something that a lot of singles are prioritizing. Um, certainly, um, uh, Bumble has found that for the Los Angeles singles, but it's a trend nationwide. Um, but whatever you're into, because remember, you're really, you are looking for somebody who is excited about the things that you're excited about, or at least intrigued by the things that you're excited about, right? Mm -hmm. So with your profile, you want to make sure that you're bringing, you know, specificity, right? Give examples, like what are the kinds of things that you love to do? How do you like to spend your time? And say something about the person that you want to meet, because I always, I, my my advice to people is always think about you want someone to read your profile and say, wow, they this person, they sound like they're looking for me. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you just get that instant connection. And if you're being very specific, you're really creating more opportunities for people to see themselves and hear themselves in your profile. So really just leading with authenticity is the biggest is my biggest piece of advice for sure. Yeah, that's huge. It's, and another side of that, I remember from me being on Bumble and going through the dating apps, the hardest part was always like the initial reach out. Is there, I mean, some people always leaned on just the high, the wave, but is there better ways that we can be, get that initial conversation to stand out? Or what do you recommend that works the best on that first interaction on Bumble? Yeah, great question, Sydney. So the dreaded first question. <laughs> My advice for the first for the first message is actually to ask a question um, because it just makes it easier for someone to respond. It makes it easy for them to, you know, give you either return that same question and to ask a question that you care about the answer to. So to look to a person's profile, maybe there's a photo that they have that you you, you know you're wondering, oh, where are they or what were they doing? Or maybe they mentioned something in their profile 
profile, whether it's a favorite movie or a travel destination that you have a question about. So if you can lead with that authentic question that's specific to that person's profile, that's that is a total win. Um, so and Bumble helps, you know, Bumble has a dating guide that um, users uh, in our community can um, can access that gives lots of great advice. Um, so there's so there are resources available to help you with those with those initial messages. But my advice is always to ask a question um, and one that's interesting and that will capture people's attention because they are getting so many highs. Hey, yeah. how are you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember some people's profiles was like, if you just say, hey, I won't respond. So yeah, I, I think lean into your personality and showing that from the start is the best way to present that. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much and I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit kia.com to learn more. Kia movement that inspires call 800-334-KIA for details always drive safely sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only quantities are limited must take delivery by 7824 with the future of dating and if say you're coming out of quarantine and 
everyone saw that like, oh, things could get weird at some points in life. And I want to have my partner to be around for when that happens. So if we're looking for something serious, if we've kind of learned what we are looking for through this past year, what are some signs that we can look for? Oh, this person's serious. They're looking for what I want to want. Or what are the signs like red flags of like, this person is not what I want. And those kind of things that we can kind of keep in the back of our minds as we're going through this dating process. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question, Sydney. And actually, well, one, one red flag and one thing that Bumble really recommends is that you keep your profile positive, right? Mm -hmm. So you just mentioned, Sydney, the people who say, if you say, hey, I'm not going to respond, right? (laughs) So that's not what you, that's not the kind of thing that you want to put in your profile. And when you see other people who are, if they're talking more about what they don't want, right, Mm -hmm. um, rather than what they do want, then that's a good indication that that they are, they haven't really taken the time to get clear on what they want. And then also maybe they don't have the openness, right? So yeah. that's, so that if you see that negativity in a profile, I would say that that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, if you see a blank profile that has no information or basically no information, you know, it might have like, you know, something super tiny, like height and weight, you know, <laughs> I'm sure you've seen some of those profiles oh, yeah. in your <laughs> online, right? Again, mm-hmm. that is not a good indication that someone is looking for something serious. Um, however, you, when you see people's profiles where you can tell they've actually put effort into expressing something of who they are, of what they care about, of who they hope to meet and give some indication of what they're looking for, that's a really great starting point. So I always recommend that people really prioritize those, those profiles where you can really see that effort um, because that's a, really, that's a really great indication that someone's looking for something serious. Um, and then as well in the communication that you have with someone, because when, you, you know, when you're looking for something serious, you want to know what someone's about, right? You want to mm-hmm. know who they are. You want to know what they care about. And so when you find that people are asking you questions that are really about you, really trying to get to know you, that's a really good sign that this person is actually looking to invest versus someone who's asking questions that are much more shallow or just kind of, you know, passing the time and not, you know, and not putting as much effort into it. So when it comes to dating, effort is the best uh, indicator of interest and availability. (laughs) So I definitely recommend prioritizing the people who are able to show that effort when you're looking for something serious. Yeah, I agree. I I always say that people will show you who they are, especially if you're looking for that. So lean into the people that are doing that. Um, As far as like the games of it all, Francesca, do you believe in playing the games? Do you believe that that whole saying like, don't hate the player, hate the game? Or do you think like, it depends on what you're looking for? Like, what is your view on the games and dating? Yeah. So, well, my view on games and dating is that if you play games, <laughs> then people will play games with you. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I am anti-game playing because listen, the point of the point of dating, right? We have so we have this amazing community of of people on Bumble who are truly looking for love. They're truly looking for connection. And when you're looking for that, this is not about games. This is about intimacy, right? This is Mm. about owning who you are, knowing who you are, showing up with your authenticity, being able to see the authenticity in other people and connect with each other because of who you really are. So, you know, I always recommend because it's, it's people, it's easy to kind of fall into a little bit of that game playing, you know, especially in the early days of dating. But Mm -hmm. what I always recommend to people is really just really think about your long-term goals here. So even if you have the short term, you know, quote unquote, win of winning this little game that you're in at the moment, you know, your long term goals for love and connection and intimacy, how are they served by those games? So I really want um, everyone to feel very empowered and and Bumble wants everyone to feel very empowered. I mean, that's the whole purpose of Bumble. And that's why um, that's why it was created was to be a platform where well, women in particular could be very empowered in their dating experience. Um, But for everyone on Bumble, um, we really want them to feel very empowered to be authentic right to show up with that with that with that authenticity and to be very clear about what it is that they that they're looking for and to 
respect that not everyone's going to feel that same way Mm -hmm. and that's okay because there are lots of people who do um and actually another thing on that front a really this is my favorite dating trend so usually when we hear dating trends they're terrible you know it's ghosting it's it's breadcrumbing it's zombieing it's all of these things that you don't want but Mm -hmm. bumble's actually discovered a really great new dating trend called hardballing which Mm -hmm. is know what they're looking for and they're not settling for less so once it's clear hey I'm looking for a relationship you're not that's great but we're not gonna (laughs) this is the end um so I think that this is amazing because the only way to guarantee that you won't get what you what you're looking for is to settle for less so I'm glad that so many more singles are really owning what they want and they are refusing to settle and um you know Bumble is just so happy to support them in in their efforts to connect and find really great matches. I love that trend so much. And I do think that hopefully last year led to people believing in that more, that we deserve what we're looking for, that we can be clear on that. And if that person that we thought was going to be that long haul and they weren't, that's great. And the sooner you can find that out, the better. That's why I'm also of the camp of just like kind of laying it out there and being really clear on what you're looking for. So I love that. Are there any other trends that you have seen that we should kind of keep in mind from this past year? year of dating. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, another big trend that Bumble has found here in Los Angeles is local dating. Mm. So we're finding that people are actually looking to date people in their own neighborhoods. So they don't want to commute, you know, you know, you know, in Los Los Angeles, man, (laughs) it's not worth it. (laughs) You know, people are, (laughs) they're like, wait, you're on the East side and I'm on the West side. No, this isn't going to work. Right. Um, so we're seeing, and I, And I think it it kind of makes sense because, look, we've been so disconnected Mm. for so long. You know, people have been just this unprecedented levels of isolation. And now it's like, I don't want us to have to spend an hour driving in traffic to go to my date. I want someone who's right here, who's right local, that we can just get to each other really quickly. Like there's been enough time alone. <laughs> like, yeah. It's time to be together. Um, so I think that that's something that everyone will, will probably, that's a trend that we'll see happening nationwide as well as here in Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Um, so yeah, keep it local and, you know, <laughs> And uh, (laughs) meet for coffee in the neighborhood. Take a social distance walk. (laughs) I love a social distance walk. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I would almost think it would go the other way, but it kind of makes sense where it's like, we were at our home so much. We got very cozy in our homes. We got used to delivery, getting there in 15 (laughs) minutes. Like we just kind of got used to that lifestyle. So I kind of like that. So you talk about planning dates and doing local walks and things like that. Like what are other, some other interesting dates that we can start planning? Um, Something that's safe, but also getting us out of our houses. Like what do you recommend for date planning? Yes, so much. Okay, so well, here in so here in Los Angeles, as you know, Sydney, we've got we're lucky because we have so many great outdoor venues. Um, but farmers market is a really popular date that Bumble has found mm. with um, its community. Going on a hike, going on a walk by the beach or a bike ride. You know, there's all of these great things. I I also just recommend to people. I'm like, hey, you can always just get a smoothie or a cup of coffee and just take a walk. Right. Mm. Like, you know, and, you know, we live in in the city of a thousand hikes, (laughs) you know, which is a really great way to um, to have a socially distanced outdoor date Um, or even just sitting at an outdoor cafe that, you know, where you can be a bit apart. So um, one of the great resources that Bumble has for its community is they actually have a covid preferences guide that you can go and you can set your preferences for your comfort level Mm. um, and you can see. Um, other people's, you know, how, what their comfort level is for dealing with COVID and safety. So you get to kind of pre-screen um, because another trend that Bumble has discovered, and this is certainly here in Los Angeles, but nationwide as well, is that people want to date people who have the same views about COVID, have the same views about the vaccination, have the same views about, you know, being socially distanced. So Bumble makes that really easy for you to actually put that in your profile. So, and you can find it in others. So you can just eliminate and know you're okay. We're on the same page. We're going to figure out how to make a socially distanced date really fun. And luckily, even for those who aren't in Los Angeles, it is springtime here in America. (laughs) So there's lots of um, options opening up all over for people to find safe ways to date and connect. 
I love that, especially with such a divided year. It's nice to having people coming together and being able to be like on that same page from the start. So I love that you guys do that. We have some really awesome listener questions that I'd love to ask you. Um, I guess we might have covered this, but what is the biggest change you've seen in online dating due to COVID? Well, one thing um, is that it's just it's just exploding. <laughs> so at Bumble, um, you know, there the community has just grown so much over over um, the course of COVID, and we're just seeing so much more engagement, right? So people, as I mentioned, the in the uh, within the Bumble app, there are features like video calling and uh, and phone calls, and we see that people have been using those. They are having like real connections. They are talking on the, they're not just like having a one minute, two minute, you know, call. They're actually talking for a while and getting to know each other. Um, so that's something that we're seeing and that's really encouraging, right? That people are really looking again to make those, to make those deeper connections. Um, you know, slow dating, again, that's a really, really big trend that Bumble predicts is going to continue um, as well as virtual dating. Um, and also people are really, uh, in terms of lifestyle, we are seeing more than ever, people are really looking for people who have similar lifestyles to them. Mm. Um, so that's a big trend. So Bumble found for their users here in LA, that is the number one thing that 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 uh, the community is prioritizing is lifestyle. So they want people who, you know, you have the same drinking habits, you have the same exercise habits. Um, and that, so that is something that I think we'll definitely see continue past past COVID. Um, so yeah, so there's, there's some shifts. And then also just people, again, being really clear about what it is that they're looking for and not being willing to settle for less. That's a really encouraging and exciting trend for those who are looking for love. <laughs> yes, don't, don't ever settle. Okay, next question. Will dating ever be the same? How will summer look and next year? That's a really good question. Well, will dating ever be the same? Um, well, Bumble predicts that it won't ever be the same. Um, we believe that a lot of these trends that have emerged, like the virtual dating and the slow dating, that those trends are going to continue. Um, people are just finding that it's it makes dating, uh, it makes it easier. It makes it more successful. Um, and so you know, why go back? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> why go back? So yeah, we're so lucky to live in an age where we have, you know, this technology that allows people to connect in this way um, and stay safe and to be efficient about dating, right? So, um, so Bumble, we at Bumble, Bumble is hoping that everyone is going to continue to really, um, you know, utilize this, these tools in a way that uh, we've seen them use them over the pandemic. I love that. I think last question is, how do we navigate physical touch with someone new when people aren't even giving hugs right now? Yes, that's <sighs> such a great question. So this is the big question. So um, again, I've got to, I just got to let you know that Bumble does have a dating 101 guide that, mm -hmm. um, so if you go to bumble.com slash dating guide, and there, and there's lots of resources there to help you with the COVID conversation <laughs> and all of that, because it is a tricky one. Um, and again, you can also say in, you can actually put in your preferences in your profile, what your, what your COVID safety preferences are. So doing that up front is so helpful because it makes the conversation so much easier, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're just, you have no idea and you're just hoping that this, that you're going to be on the same page and it hasn't been discussed ahead of time, um, then, you know, this, this does get more, it gets, it gets a lot more uncomfortable. Um, so the number one thing is for you to just be clear on what your personal comfort level is and to decide that ahead of time, because what you don't want to happen is that you're kind of don't know, and then you go on a date with someone and then you just want to go along and, you know, because you feel awkward and you don't know where your boundary is and maybe about, then you kind of discover your boundary, like, oh, I didn't, maybe I wasn't so comfortable doing that. Uh -huh. um, so really getting clear ahead of time, what your comfort level is, communicating with your dates. I know it's not that easy to have these conversations, but it's a really, really great testing ground in terms of seeing, is this someone that I can communicate with, being able to really, you know, say, communicate your needs and see how that other person can receive it. Um, so it's a personal decision, you know, obviously depending on your personal situation, whether or not you've been vaccinated, your date and all of those things. So there's lots of things to navigate. But um, as I said, I definitely encourage everyone to check out Bumble's dating guide because there is a section on having the COVID conversation. 
That is so huge. And you guys just take out the guesswork, which I love. So thank you for all of your advice and your insight, um, Francesca. And I'm, I'm so excited to see what happens with dating. I hope that everyone from this episode is going to get all the dates and yes. go into it without fear. So thank you for being here and have a great rest of your day. Thank you. You <laughs> as well. Amazing. Well, we will be back after a quick break. We are bringing on Susan Trombetti, who is a celebrity matchmaker. So we'll be right back after a break. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard. The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. Ashley adopted Lois and I didn't know until I actually picked her up and saw her with my own eyes that we were taking this dog home. But I took one look at Lois and my life has never been the same and I love her so much. And I'm very grateful for that moment that Ashley decided to adopt Lois. So it really was love at first sight for me. Adopting a dog can lead to a lifetime of meaningful connections. A pedigree loyalty survey revealed that 95% of dog owners say that the bond they have with their dogs is closer than expected. And another pedigree loyalty survey revealed 90% of first-time dog owners report that having a dog improved at least one relationship in their lives. We have adopted two dogs. First was Pappy and the second was Alistair. And I got to tell you, I didn't know I could love such a little creature so much with Pappy. He just stole our hearts right away. He was so attached to us. And even with Alistair, we got him and we fostered at first and then decided to adopt not long after that. Just and a few days after. They bring so much light into our lives. After we lost Pappy, I was, Kaylin and I agreed to maybe take a couple months off from having a dog in our lives. And not even a week later, we we couldn't stand it anymore. There's just so much light that coming home to a dog brings into our lives. And and whenever we're on a trip, all we can ever think about is coming back home and seeing Alistair. So I, I love adoption. I think adopting dogs is the way to go. They are so grateful for it. They definitely love you harder because they know what you took them from and, and the great life that you're giving them. Real love can exist between pet and pet parent. Pedigree is committed to helping more dogs find loving homes, and we can attest that love at first sight is closer than you think. It's available at your local dog shelter. Find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive, June 7th to 9th, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com adoption drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, well, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts, but not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. 
It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So welcome back, guys. We have Susan Trombetti here. She is a celebrity matchmaker, which I'm super excited to get all the deets on that. So welcome, Susan. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks, Sydney, for having me. I'm excited as well. Yay. So a celebrity matchmaker. Can you explain to me what that is, how different that is from like regular matchmaking and what you kind of do on a day-to-day basis? So when it comes down to matchmaking and celebrity matchmaking, it sounds kind of intimidating. I like to say a matchmaker to the rich and famous a lot um, because there's so many different types of matchmaking out there. I mean, you could be matched by, you know, you both having the same dog. I mean, there's so many like specialties. But at the end of the day, I'm finding love for people. And that is definitely, you know, something that everybody goes through and experiences feeling lonely, wanting to find that special person. And so I'm a headhunter for love. And that's what I do. Amazing. So you're facilitating love across the world, which we love. Um, So as far as matchmaking goes, like, what do you look for in your clients? How do you know if someone's compatible? Like, do they go through a series of questions? I'm just wondering for if we can take what you know and apply it to our regular dating lives outside of matchmaking. Oh yeah. I always say that. I mean, I always say, listen, I do private sessions and I say, I'm giving you the same advice I give to my celebrity clients. And I have one huge celebrity client and you know, she's like, um, she's, you know, big A-lister can't make a move without the paparazzi. She took Mm -hmm. my advice. She found love. And that is, you know, sometimes you just have to be open. And especially emerging from this pandemic that we're really not through yet, I feel like single people have definitely realized the important qualities that it takes to be in a relationship. So the first thing is toss your list. People go for people that look good on paper, or I should say they used to, but now they know what the real qualities are that make a relationship work every day or if you're stranded on a deserted island or locked down during quarantine. And a lot of times it just has to do with casting a wide net and stop being so picky. All of these Mm. things that you think you need, you really don't need. At the end of the day, you need to have compatibility and alignment on, are you guys going to have children? Um, If so, you know, um, how many? You need to discuss all these things ahead of time. It's not like um, conversation for a first date, but that's it, Sydney. You need to know, will you date somebody with children? You need to know, is there an alignment on religion or not? Most of the time, religion isn't as important anymore. Mm -hmm. And the new religion is fitness. So it's that and the outcome of the relationship that you're looking for. Um, is it a long-term relationship or is it marriage? And really at the end of the day, cut it there. Don't judge a book by its cover, meaning, you know, a lot of times people look better in um, photo. I mean, look better in person than in photos um, when it comes to online dating, although a lot of people are tricked. So I still say at the turn of the decade um, that virtual dates were in and then I never expected the pandemic um, to actually cement that idea. But I do think that as long as you have a first virtual date, you know, taking the place of... um, taking the place of, uh, you know, the coffee date where you used to just show up real quick, dash in and dash out to mm-hmm. make sure they look like their photo. I think you're good. So that's my take on matchmaking. And that's what I do. I encourage people to toss that list and be open. Mm, I like the idea of being open, but it's also an, a fact of like knowing what your non-negotiables are, which is you, you mentioned, like, would you want to have kids one day, what you kind of want out of the relationship without being like, he must be like six foot three and he must have curly hair and light eyes or I will dump him immediately. I just kind of breaking that apart. I mean, yes, having attraction, but not so much being so strict about it. So I love that because that is exactly what people come in and say that he needs to be over six foot tall or whatever. And that Mm -hmm. is ridiculous. Okay. Mm -hmm. First of all, when you do that, you've ruled out, you know, at best, um, 
87% of the population. Um, and uh, at the very least, you know, some people say it's 90% of the population. So I'm right there with you. These were all the shallow things. And one of the things that you mentioned, which is exactly how I describe it is, you do need to know your non-negotiables, okay? And um, I'm a big fan of The Bachelor. I like the way you walked off The Bachelor because oh. that is what people have to do in order to find love. Don't spend time with the wrong person. If you know your non-negotiables, but it's not the shallow things in life, like how tall they are. And um, it's the real things like, I'm not going to date a narcissist. I'm not going to date someone that won't offer me a commitment. And no matter how great they are and check off everything on your list that you shouldn't have, you know, don't date them. Don't involve yourself. Um, the other thing I like to say is people tend to call it my 90 day rule, but it's not. It's just don't go exclusive in the first three months. And that doesn't mean you have to be dating other people. It just means don't, you know, jump in with your heart and just spend that time making sure that everything lines up. Because if you jump with your heart and then you keep going exclusive with the wrong person, ultimately you break up and uh, you'll be, you know, a couple of decades off the market for a short stint um, relationships, a multitude of them. And that really has an impact on you and could be the reason why you're still single. Mm -hmm. So that's my take on all of that. You mentioned a 90 day rule. Do you have any other dating rules for people to kind of follow or what are, what are your views on that? Well, okay. So that's my biggest one because, and the reason by the way, is the first time you're going to see the person the real true person, because everybody puts their best foot forward, is around three months you have your first argument. And so that's where the relationship begins. And everybody will kind of try to tell you they want what you want because it's just human nature. And then there are the people that will agree with you to date you. So um, they can only keep up that ruse for so long. So the other thing I like to say, you know, obviously there's some basic rules, but um, put away your cell phone, but people don't do it. Mm -hmm. um, do not talk about an ex. I don't know what it is, but everyone wants to talk about their history with an ex. You are in front of somebody trying to make history with this person. Don't talk about the ex. That's a big one. And be positive. I mean, if you're not positive, you're not going to get a second date. <laughs> I've had that happen with um, people dating, you know, fabulous clients. And she was just so negative. Mm. So anyway, those are my two things. Be positive. Don't talk about your ex. Yeah. Don't lead with your baggage. You're trying to build a new future with someone. Yeah. And people do it. Yeah. I totally, I've seen that before. Yeah, um, I don't know what it is, but they feel like they have to, they yeah. have to tell like, it's like who they are and that's okay at some point, mm -hmm. but the first date, second date, third date, it's all about flirting, having fun. Totally. Um, you mentioned earlier how last year kind of affected things and people might be in this like lonely single place or maybe not. But if someone is feeling lonely after this past year is looking for a relationship, like what is your advice on how to not bring that into the dating space? Well, I would say if you're feeling lonely, now is the best time to date. People have made it a priority now to find the right relationship. And there are so many people out there, whereas in previous times when it's not a pandemic, that's the prevailing um, thought process come January 1st with New Year's resolutions mm -hmm. and around the holidays all the way through Valentine's Day. But I mean, this is a great time for dating. Everyone um, is out there looking. The people on dating apps have increased. I don't know the percentages. I haven't kept up with them, but they were, you know, high all, you know, a big increase all last year into this year. So just get back out there. Don't be mm -hmm. lonely. If you feel rusty, you know, at it, just remember those few tips and just go out. The idea of, the, of dating someone is to have fun and to explore. So just go out with that attitude. Not everybody and, and realize that not everybody that doesn't ask you out on a second date is a direct reflection of you. Sometimes people come with their own baggage and I don't want to say sometimes, but many times the reason they didn't ask you back out as a matchmaker, I know has nothing to do with you and has everything mm -hmm. to do with them. And, you know, that 
that's sad because a lot of people really internalize those feelings of rejection. So don't do that. Just get back out there. Put your best foot forward. I agree with that wholeheartedly. Do you believe in that everything can kind of happen for a reason and fall into place? Or do you feel like we should actively be getting out there if we're single and wanting a relationship? Well, I think there might be a certain amount of um, serendipity or, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, but, or fate, but at the end of the day, you need, I've heard so many people say, well, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. No, mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> the last time I checked, you know, your perfect match didn't walk by your couch while you no. were like <laughs> binging Netflix, right? So you got to make it happen. Absolutely. So then for getting a date, because I feel like last year we were all stuck inside, the social cues might not still be there as much. Like, what are the best ways to go about getting a date? Say if you're like out in person and you see someone that you like across the coffee shop or wherever you are, like, what's the best way to go about getting a date? Flirt, flirt, flirt. And Ah. I think that singles, you know, I used to say, um, you know, text was for informational purposes only, but right at the start of the pandemic, it's so funny because I was in New York the day they shut it down, mm-hmm. my state as well. And I was like, no, you're going to have, I kind of predicted that you're going to have to up your game flirting over text. Um, but now I think, um, well, I still think that, that that's here to stay. Uh, and I think that you need to learn how to flirt in person. So Obviously, there's signs, there's body language. If you see someone across the room, if they're looking at you and staring you down and you're staring at them and your eyes are meeting and you're smiling and they're, you know, flashing their pearly whites, I think that's a green light and you can approach. There's nothing wrong with making the first move as long as you're not the person making all of the moves or Mm -hmm. the one constantly trying to set up the, the dates or, you know, making all the effort. So listen, make the first move, go for it. I agree. And the more you do that, the easier it'll become. So say the first one doesn't work, then you'll already know that you have the bravery to do it for the next one. Exactly. And you know, that's what I kind of work with sometimes with shy singles. Is I take <laughs> them out. Obviously, this is pre-print pandemic. The bars are open where I'm at, but you know, everything's not been open across the board. And even bars where I'm at, I think just opened in the last month possibly. I'm not even sure if they're open, but I used to take out shy singles and we'd start in a place um, like a dive bar. Hmm. And at first I would have them talk to a woman maybe for five minutes and then we'd work our way up maybe the next time to a guy that they don't feel intimidated by and talk and then increase that time that you talk to somebody. So practice makes perfect till you get to the point where you can approach someone that you're interested in. And that's a real viable person for, you know, a relationship with you. I agree. It's like building a muscle. It's kind of like working out. Like the more you do it, the easier it becomes, the more comfortable you get, the more fit you get with it. So yeah, definitely just putting yourself out there. Yeah. I mean, it really works. It really works. And um, unfortunately, shy people sometimes I've noticed kind of come off as you know, very conservative, sometimes even angry. So just learning how to flash your pearly whites and flirt a little bit really is going to take the edge off, much less relaxing and learning how to talk to people. And I, I, you know, at first I go with them, but I like them to practice it themselves, you know, go to a bar after work, have one glass of wine, just get comfortable because you're never once again, going to meet anybody sitting on your couch by yourself or in the same um, pod of girlfriends that are all married or in your neighborhood where it's a bunch of families, that sort of thing. Your, your odds increase when you get out where single people are. I agree. Just being in the vicinity of it. Um, have, have you noticed any trends for your clients who maybe don't get that second date or some things that they might have maybe not done wrong, but like things that don't lead to that second date? Do you have any suggestions on that? So when you say trends, do you think like the reasons people are turning them down or, you know, because there's when it comes down to a second date, not getting the second date, I think the biggest thing would be that 
people don't understand the difference between lust and chemistry. Hmm. So what I find is they're just not giving it enough time to develop chemistry and they're confusing the two. So I've actually had people say, I know in the first 10 seconds before they ever open their mouth. Well, no, you know Hmm. that you like what they look like. And Hmm. if you two connect on that lustful level, Chances are, by the time chemistry would have been built with somebody else that you didn't necessarily feel that strong of a relationship, you know, the the lust relationship would have already crashed and burned. Mm. (laughs) But the chemistry is a slow burn. So you really, I always tell people, give it at least two dates, but you need at least three to four dates. I mean, somebody's nervous. Most people are nervous the first couple of times, and they can just even have an off night even if they're not. So you got to give somebody a chance and really look hard at them. And that is the biggest thing that I notice that people do not do. Some of my clients take my advice. Most of them don't. They think mm-hmm. they know you know, what's best, but that's what feels comfortable to them because that's how they've always worked it. So when you get out of your comfort zone, you're going to find love. There you go. Yeah, I was always got in trouble because I always gave the second date, even though I wasn't really feeling on the first. But I love that you said that because it takes a couple dates sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. We have some awesome listener questions for you. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into those because you have so much good knowledge. So first question, um, when you match people together, what are the things that you look for to show if two people are compatible or not? Oh, well, like I said, I look to make sure they're looking for the same type of relationship and Mm. that it is a commitment that they're looking for. Because some people don't really want a commitment. And I don't match people that don't want a commitment. Like if they just want to use me for dates, that's a no-no. So I look to make sure that there's an alignment on whether or not they're looking for a long-term relationship or marriage. The next thing is children. Do they want them? How many? Will they date someone with them? Because this is important. Children are a lifestyle, like when it comes down to people that already have children. Um, The next thing is if somebody's like 40 years old and they want to date somebody without children, I do coach them that most of the people your age have children and you're limiting your choices. Hmm. And the third thing I look at is religion. Um, Most people I find are not super religious, that they're just spiritual. So they might have been raised Catholic, you know, whatever it is, they may have been raised, but have fallen away from that. So they're just open to meet anyone of any religion, but maybe not convert. So those are the three things. Mm -hmm. But like I said, fitness is huge. And I do look at that. So if I, most people want somebody that's fit and live a healthy lifestyle. So those are all the things that come along with it, the activities and hobbies, and usually hobbies or preferences. But sometimes when it comes down to um, fitness, I mean, think about it. It's a healthier way of eating. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, being in the gym or whatever it is you do to make it um, work that you stay so fit. It could be the mirror. It could be anything, you know. So that's 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 kind of like I say my top three, but that's really like the fourth, sometimes more important than religion. But um, those are the things. And just to get clear on what your um, what your preferences are and separate them. Think about like if you're on a deserted island with this person, what do you need? And that's why there were a lot of COVID breakups, because they were together for the wrong reasons. Mm. There you go. Um, Next question, which I find very interesting. Should you buy a house together if you aren't married yet? Oh, heck no. Oh, no. (laughs) Don't don't do that. Whatever you do. I have to say that I had personal experience with this with one of my children. And I told her no. (laughs) I mean, it's different if you're about to get married and it's three months before. But no, do not buy a house with someone that you are not going to marry in the immediate future. It is a very difficult thing to get out of, a very Mm -hmm. difficult and expensive thing to get out of. And I actually have a good friend that went through this too. No, 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 big no. Oh, wow. (laughs) Good to know. (laughs) Yes. I feel very strongly. Yeah. Yeah, that's very good advice. It's like don't sign the paperwork unless it is actually legit. So making sure... Um, someone asked, and I feel like you have the answer to this, but should you get a divorce if one person wants to adopt and the other person doesn't? 
Well, that goes back to, you know, the initial things in the relationship that you look for. So I think, what did the person agree to going in? It doesn't mean they can't change their mind. People do change their mind. I don't like to tell anyone to divorce, you know, um, but I can tell you that there is no no alignment there. And if someone wants children and someone doesn't, there's no... There's no reconciling that. You could give yeah. them time if they need more time. But other than that, I mean, a good marriage counselor maybe can help you sort through all of these things because I'm not one to think that you should walk away from something. But I will tell you that is a fundamental that your relationship is built on and agreed upon before you marry. And If you didn't agree beforehand, I guess at the end of the day, somebody has to decide what's more important, the child or the relationship. And, you know, like I said, sometimes there's no reconciling that. So Mm -hmm. you might have to walk away if the person is just adamant about never doing it. Mm -hmm. Another thing. At that point, like, how old are you both? So I I actually had this come up yesterday. This woman wanted to go out with one of my wonderful clients. um, And first she said, well, that ship has sailed. I'm I'm too old to have children. But she did freeze her eggs and uh, changed her mind in between the time that I had the initial interview and about to have a second interview. Mm -hmm. So I won't even put them together because that is a reason for a breakup. And I, as a matchmaker, try to eliminate all the reasons somebody could break up except for a spark. I can't account for a spark, Mm -hmm. but uh, generally I know what someone's looking for. So anyway, yeah, that's a tough one. It's really tough. That initial non-negotiable for sure. Yeah. Uh, how should you handle sharing money when someone makes a lot of money and the other person doesn't? Hmm, that's something that you two have to decide prior to the marriage once again. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody makes a lot of money now and the other person doesn't, doesn't mean the roles won't be reversed later. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say if you're going to be a couple, a married couple, you're obviously going to negotiate that. But if you're just, this, this is something that, I experience when I match people. So a lot of times women will come to me and they'll be very wealthy and they'll say, I need a guy that makes as much as me. Well, Sydney, $250,000 is a two percenter. Mm -hmm. And that's really nothing, right? When you Mm -hmm. take that into account, I mean, think about it. So what's somebody that makes a lot of money? I mean, most of the time they're less than a one percenter, right? There's less than 1% of the people out there that make that kind of money. So you're ruling out all of these people out there because you think like if you have to have that, what I say, because they do come to me and they want to have that, they want to have an equal, but no, you don't need that. Here's the trick. You need someone that mirrors your lifestyle. So if they're jetting off to, um, I don't know, if they're jetting off to St. Bart's and, you know, just they have this incredible lifestyle, they stay in the Four Seasons or the Ritz and, you know, whatever have you, you know, 20 days out of 30, and you're kind of like a Holiday Inn kind of person, well, that's Mm -hmm. never going to line up. Mm -hmm. But if the lifestyle fits and you both are in agreement on how you live your everyday life, that's not too much of a... um, that's not too much of a big deal, really, as long as the lifestyle fits and there's an alignment there. So things like how do you travel? What are your expectations around luxury travel or not luxury travel? Um, that sort of thing. And as long as that all lines up and you can work it out, um, it's fine. Yeah, it's lifestyle and communication. Very clear. Um, last question we have is somewhat specific, but she says, or he, I have been waiting for over a year for my boyfriend to say, I love you. I said it a long time ago again, but stop to not scare him. Do I stay? Hmm. She doesn't want to like dig, dig, dig yeah. because that could be traumatizing too. The first thing I would say is, does she feel that he loves her? Hmm. And if she feels that he loves her and his actions are consistent with that, that's okay for now. He might mm-hmm. get there. He, well, I shouldn't say he probably will get there if she feels loved. If she doesn't feel loved, obviously she loves him. It's painful, but she needs to walk because mm-hmm. she deserves love. 
And, you know, there's a huge difference. I've seen people that won't say I love you until they're ready to commit to marriage and they believe what that that's what that means. Mm. But they love their spouse to death and they express it every day, but didn't do it for, oh, goodness, maybe two years. But then Mm. I've seen people that say it too soon and they really don't mean it. So you need somebody. There might be some other things going on if they can't communicate or express but that's not as bad as not loving you. So I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to do they feel loved and is her boyfriend or do her boyfriend's actions line up with loving her? And Mm -hmm. that's what's important for now, I believe. Don't you agree, Sydney? I completely agree because sometimes people might put different ideas of what saying I love you means. Like you said, with like people might wait until they're ready for marriage to say it. It might not necessarily mean they don't have the feeling. So I think that's a huge point that you just made. So thank you. Yeah. Susan, before you go, can you just let our listeners know where they can find you a little bit more about your matchmaking and the services that you have? Oh, thanks for asking. So I am at exclusivematchmaking.net. You can always um, email me from there. And uh, I do private. I try to have a service for everyone. I feel that not everyone needs matchmaking. They just need some coaching, even though Mm -hmm. they're like, no, no, I just need to meet someone. So most people, if they trust me, can find love. And uh, it doesn't have to be through matchmaking. So I do private sessions. I do date coaching. And I do matchmaking. Perfect. Yeah. Sometimes it just takes that little extra help to find the person that you're looking for. So thank you for what you do. And thank you for for being here. Yeah. It was so great to talk to you. Yeah. It was wonderful talking to you too. So um, have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Bye Susan. Bye-bye. All right. So that is it for our guests. Thanks so much to Francesca and Susan for being here. I feel like I learned a lot and I'm in a newer relationship, but I think it's cheap. They both gave great advice about overall, just putting yourself out there, getting clear on what you're looking for and not being afraid to ask for it and to find it, but also making sure that you know your non-negotiables before going into these relationships and just get out there and date and use this time as the world is opening up to yes, be safe, but also to start living your lives again and hopefully finding what we're all have been looking for. So that is it for me today. Again, this I'm Sydney Lotwako. You guys can um, reach out to me on Instagram always because I love to answer my DMs, connect with you and on my own podcast as well. So I will see you guys hopefully soon. Thanks for being here. Have a great day. Boricua is the name for someone from Puerto Rico, but it's more than a name. It's a way of life and representation of the vibrant spirit of the island. Let the Boricua spirit welcome you with a warm embrace to start each day and remind you why you travel in the first place. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. With nearly 300 beaches and 300 miles of coastline, there's always new places to explore. The island's diverse geography offers everything from secluded coves with white sand and crystalline water to stunning black sand beaches. There are spots that are perfect for water sports. So you can surf, snorkel, paddleboard, or go diving. To travel to Puerto Rico, there is no passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.